0: Well, we're counting down the hours to the NBA draft. Always a fun and exciting time. And who better to help us break down this year's 2013 NBA draft than Chris Monter, who you can find at collegebasketballnews.com. You can also follow him on uh, Twitter as well. And we'll get into that a little bit later on. But, uh, Chris, uh, as always, you and I uh, talk every year uh, right around this time. We see you when we come into town to to play the uh, Timberwolves, but uh, this draft has gotten uh, sort of a, a bad rap, I think, in one sense. A lot of people say it's a down draft, and, and we hear that, you know, I think every year a little bit, and uh, certainly a lot every two or three years. But to me, there's always some value, and I think, I think what you see in this draft, there is some depth, and guys who will be in the league for a long time. I think if you have the fourth pick down to maybe the 14th pick, you're going to get the same talented player – who may not be a starter or a star on your roster, but I think he's going to be around for five to ten years.
1: Yeah, I definitely agree. I think the fact that there isn't that superstar, the guy you're convinced is going to be the number one pick, I think that's the one reason you're hearing people kind of knock this draft. There isn't a LeBron James or Tim Duncan, Dwight Howard, a a guy that you knew on lottery night that that was going to be the number one pick. But you're right, I think it's a very deep draft. Most of the top college players that you followed, and even if you're just a casual fan and just kind of watch the NCAA tournament, a lot of these names, Victor Aladipo, uh, Cody Zeller from Indiana, Ben McElroy from Kansas, you have you know, Trey Burke, the National College Player of the Year. So you have a lot of fairly recognizable names. And, again, I think it's a pretty deep draft. And, again, I think there are going to be, as you mentioned, a lot of players who maybe go in the late first, early second, maybe even undrafted players who have decent NBA careers. So I think it's a deep draft. And you're right, the one knock is going to be there isn't that superstar, surefire, you know, all-star type player.
0: Let's talk about right now, the, usually at this time, as we count down to, to the draft, uh, guys tend to shuffle a little bit from their earlier value. Uh, what's going on right now? Are there risers? Are there people who are dropping right now in the draft?
1: Well, the two names maybe that are dropping just a little bit would be Trey Burke. The knock on him, is he's, he's maybe not quite as athletic as some of the top point guards we've seen maybe in the last couple of years. The point guards have been very successful Making that jump to the NBA in the last couple of years, Kyrie Irving was the Rookie of the Year uh, two years ago. You've had other players, you know Damian Lillard, a player from the Oakland area who had an outstanding rookie season this past year for Portland. You know, you go back a few years, Chris Paul, Darren Williams, other players who have stepped in pretty quickly. You know, the knock on Burke is he's a little bit on the small side, and again, maybe not quite as explosive an athlete as some of those other point guards. And again, he could maybe drop just a little bit. Basically, I think more on team needs. You know, if a team like Orlando. Once a point guard, are they going to maybe go, for one, be a free agency and maybe take another position, maybe a shooting guard, which is another need, or do they take the point guard there so he can maybe slide just a little bit? I think another player maybe is Ben McLemore out of Kansas, who I thought was one of the best freshmen in the country this year, an outstanding player, and the knock on him is maybe not being maybe aggressive enough, wanting to be that main man. I think that was kind of a knock on him, maybe just being a little bit too laid back. And he's had some up and down workouts. So those are two players that maybe are just slipping a little bit going into next Thursday's NBA draft.
0: Which which players do really have caught your eye in this draft? Who who is the guy that you think no matter where he's taken, he's going to be a solid pick?
1: Well, I still think Nurland's well, even though he's probably gonna miss, you know, a decent amount of his rookie season. Again, his shot blocking presence, ability to the the block shots as well as alter shots, he needs to get a little bit bigger and stronger obviously. When they measured him at the combine, he was only 206 pounds. But he weighed about 220, 225 during the regular season. He had lost some weight after the injury. That's going to be the biggest question mark with him if he can, you know, withstand the pounding of the NBA. That's going to be a big concern with him against bigger, stronger, more physical players. But I think his ability to alter the game on the defensive end, I think, uh, makes him an intriguing player. One player who's stocked is moving up a little bit. Also is Michael Carter-Williams, a player who's got excellent size at the point guard spot. be a little bit more consistent as a shooter, but I think people look at his length and size, uh, his ability to, to make the pass at the right time, and, and he's a player who's really moved up quite a bit the last couple of weeks, and maybe could surpass Trey Burke at, as the number one point guard selected in next Thursday's draft.
0: Do you like Shabazz Muhammad of UCLA?
1: He's definitely got scoring ability. That's the one thing I've seen him play a lot as an AU player, played for the Dream Vision team. You know, was always a scorer. You know, maybe got a little bit too much hype. But I think too much, too many high expectations going to UCLA. He was the number one senior by a lot of people last year. You know, started the season kind of slow, was ruled ineligible eligible due to some legal benefits, and then maybe wasn't in great shape. And the one knock on him a little bit, yeah, he's a scorer, but needs to show they can do some other things. He's also a year older than people thought, so that kind of changed some people's opinions. But he's had some good workouts in home. He had a really good workout in Minnesota. I think Minnesota definitely makes some sense at number nine. I think he somewhere goes in that, maybe, just, uh, say, you know, 14-type range. But, yeah, I think he's a player who definitely scores the ball, and I think that's one thing that's maybe lacking in this draft. There aren't many pure scores, and that's definitely something Muhammad can do.
0: You know, it's funny because they can, uh, a lot of the people who end up doing the draft complain that they have to draft the young guys, and now one guy ends up a, a year older, and that's also a red flag. Uh, I don't think necessarily because he's older, but because of the, the way he lied about it. I mean, it's just, you know, if he's going to do that, then you have to worry about what could happen somewhere down the road.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I kind of look at it a little bit differently. I always think a player, and we saw that last year with with Golden State, obviously, with a player like Draymond Green, I sometimes think the seniors get devalued. And I think those players, you know, a player like Draymond Green who played 140 college games in the Big Ten, you played in the NCAA tournament, played a very tough non-conference schedule, the Big Ten's one of the best conferences in the country, that player is maybe more ready to step into the NBA where you saw a lot of players like a Perry Jones, you know, uh, several other players who were first round picks who spent, to be honest, more time in the NBDL than they did in the NBA because they maybe weren't ready. They came out as a freshman, but maybe didn't have that experience. So I think sometimes, you're right, uh, we, we get all enamored with the, the freshmen and the young players, but sometimes I think that experience is something that can shortchange a little bit when it comes to the NBA draft.
0: What's interesting, too, to me about this draft is the fact that um, we're talking with Chris Monter, College Basketball News. I'm Tim Roy on warriors.com and chris is the fact that there's a uh a lot of players say up until the first 15 picks in the lottery if you if you will uh there's like four or five guys who could be your backup center or maybe a starting center depending upon the team that are available in this draft and it's it's been a while since we've seen legitimate big centers being right there uh, for people to take
1: yeah, definitely. I think that's one of the strengths of this draft is you do have a lot of players with size. You have Newlands Noel who can play power forward as well as center. Again, his strength is going to hurt him against, uh, you know, the 280 and the 290 pound big men, but against other players, I think he can play that position because he has so many teams that don't even use, you know, that true center or use a power forward at that spot. But you look at Alex Len, a player from Maryland, who unfortunately like Noel and also Anthony Bennett, three players who figured to go among the top seven, eight picks. All three of those players are hurt. And, <clears throat> And aren't working out for teams and probably won't play in the summer leagues. But he's a player whose stock has moved up. There was even some talk earlier this week about Cleveland with that number one over, overall selection, maybe looking him as a possibility. And then you have players like Cody Zeller, a player who can play the center and power forward spot. You have Steven Adams out of Pittsburgh, a player from New Zealand whose stock has moved up. Mason Plumley can play both center and power forward. Kelly Olinick uh, out of Gonzaga. You have a couple of foreign big men as well. So you're right, this is a, a, a draft where if you need size, there actually is some quality big men available.
0: Chris, as uh, we go down, a couple guys I wanted you to, to uh, highlight. And, and one, of course, we don't have a lot of local guys in the draft this year, but Alan Crabb looks like he could be a late first-round pick, of course, out of the shooting guard out of Cal. Uh, tell me what you see with him. Well, definitely
1: a score. You saw that this past year. Cal was the leading scorer in the Pac-10 out of outstanding last season for the Golden Bears, led them to the NCAA Tournament. You're right, this is a pretty strong draft. We talked about big men, but shooting guard actually is pretty strong. You're going to have probably three guys go among the top ten play- players, and Victor Aldo Depot, Ben McLemore, and Catavius caldwell pope But I think there are probably as many as ten players, including Crabb, who could go in the first round. So it's a, a deep draft in that position, but you're right, he's definitely a player. He's got good size, does a little bit of everything, could go in that late first, worst case, I think, early second round.
0: Now, in the second round, a lot of people are picking uh, in terms of looking at a guy like Glenn Rice, of course, who played at Rio Grande Valley in the D-League. Does that D-League experience, does that help him at all in this draft?
1: Yeah, I think so. I mean, there are a lot of knocks on him, to be honest. During his Georgia Tech days, he had some off-the-court issues with the coaching staff there, ended up being dismissed from the squad, went down to the D-League, as you mentioned, didn't really do much there initially, but then came on strong, especially the last month and a half, two months of that season, Played very well in the playoffs, and now you're hearing talk about him being possibly a first-round pick. Obviously, he has great uh, pedigree. His father, of course, is one of the best outside shooters. A former Michigan standout, he had a long NBA career with the Heat and other teams. And again, a player who I thought did well in the combine, shot the ball well. There has good size to play shooting guard as well as maybe small forward. So a versatile player who's definitely elevated his stock, despite you know not maybe going the most traditional route, but you know going through the NBDL where a lot of the NBA teams are scouting those leagues. So I definitely think he's a player to watch for uh, come next Thursday and, again, maybe
0: could go in the first round. Chris, as as we uh, view this draft as a whole, give me a name or two that we're not hearing a lot of talk about that you think come draft day could be a real value pick.
1: Well, yeah, I think seniors, as we talked about before, get kind of short Two players, and they're actually from my home state here in Minnesota, but I think those are players who have played, you know, a, a, a lot of games in college and maybe are more ready to step in, and they played in conferences that aren't traditional conferences. Nate Walsh out of South Dakota State, played very well in the NCAA tournament the last couple of years against good competition. Can play the point guard spot at 6'5", can also play the shooting guard spot. Doesn't turn the ball over, has good shooting range, you know, good size at that, that position. And again, as I mentioned, played well against non top non-conference teams. Probably a late first, really second-round pick. Another player, Mike Muscala, out of Bucknell, playing in the Patriot League. But, again, a big man who's really improved every year, got bigger and stronger. A player can maybe play some center, probably more of a power forward type. But, again, late first, early second round. And again, I think those players, again, will get shortchanged a really little because they're seniors and, and there isn't maybe the upside. But I think those players are maybe more ready to step in and could definitely fill a role next year where maybe a younger, more athletic, more talented player maybe isn't quite ready for the NBA.
0: Chris Monter of collegebasketballnews.com, and you can uh, find him there as well as his uh, mock draft. And he's breaking down the shooting guards uh, just the other day, uh, so you want to make sure that you check that out. And, and what, what's, what's changed now? You and I have been talking for, what, a couple of decades now, I think. So uh, what, what's changed now for you and for everyone else uh, getting ready for the NBA draft?
1: You know, the draft has definitely changed a lot since I first started covering it. You know, one of the first – I've been actually doing it for a little over 20 years now. But, you know, the draft changed, I think, really in 1995 when high school players could come out. You saw Kevin Garnett being the the, the fifth pick. And then, of course, you have players like Kobe Bryant, LeBron James, Dwight Howard. You have a lot of outstanding players. And then they changed that. Well, now you have the one and dons. You've had the, you know, the foreign explosion of players like Dirk Nowitzki, And, of course, you look at this year when – uh, the playoffs, you, you see players like you know Ginobili and Tony Parker. That's definitely changed the draft a lot. I would love to see maybe a a change back to maybe where uh, you allow the top high school players to come out, but maybe require a player if he goes to college to maybe have to be there at least two years. I think that would help the college game. And this way, you're not depriving a kid, say a LeBron James, of having to go through college when he really doesn't need it. You know, uh, I think if a player needs college, that's great. And I would rather see more players stay in college longer. I think sometimes we see players. A little bit of a rush to get out, but I just think we saw the last couple of years maybe a little more emphasis on the draft. I was am shocked when I see teams, you know, basically trade picks or, or sell picks, especially in the second round. When you look at you know, players like Carlos Bruiser and Gilbert Rita's and uh, have been Michael Red have been second round picks, and you look at you know, Ben Wallace, uh, Brad Miller have had long NBA careers, and weren't even drafted players. So I think we're just seeing a few more NBA players. Making losses just because, to be honest, they're they're fairly cheap help. But I think the draft has become a little bit more important than the second round, which I always thought was kind of a mistake some teams made in the past.
0: Yeah, you know, I, I'm I'm with you. I think if if the NC two A wants to keep guys longer then they need to make it more incentive. I think there should be a stipend for players, you know, especially those who are in financial need, and I think there should be maybe an incentive for them to stay somehow. I don't know what the formula would be, but they should do something. But I also think that if, you know, with Damian Lillard and, say, C.J. McCollum, say he comes out this year and has a good NBA career – I think that's going to help too, because then, not necessarily the guy who goes to play for John Calipari, who knows he's a one and done and and has a lot of t- his talent, and, and or at least he thinks he has a lot of talent, and 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 goes there for that one you know goal. But I think for a lot of other players who come out and then never get drafted, I think if they see the guys who stay in as seniors and they get picked in the first round, they get picked in the lottery, and they do well in the NBA. I think that's also going to help advertise to not the superstar player, but maybe that guy who who could be a role player in the NBA, to stay in for four years, then he gets his degree, and he also can get a shot at the league.
1: Yeah, definitely. And unfortunately, you know, a lot of players who come out, it's not really that initial contract, it's the second contract that people always talk about. But to be honest, if you're a young player who really doesn't do a lot in the league the first couple of years, how are you really going to get a decent second contract? So my philosophy has always been, if you're good enough to come out, and you're going to be a lottery pick. I'm not going to tell you no, you need to stay in school. But I think right. a lot of times players are forced to get bad advice, and uh, to me. I'd rather be as ready as I can because you want to make this a long career, not just a short career. And if you're more ready to step in and you're more mature physically and maybe emotionally and had some other uh, experience in life, I, I don't think that can hurt you. And I think also maybe it makes it a little bit more marketable. People know who you are if you play, you know, four years at a Pac-10, Big Ten, you know, Big East level, SEC, et cetera, where some of these one-and-done guys, to be honest, a lot of fans don't even really know who they are because they're here today and, and gone so quickly. We haven't really got a chance to know them at the collegiate level.
0: All right, and a lot of guys, a lot of guys, when they're coming out as a sophomore, they may not be a lottery pick as a sophomore. But if they stay two more years and play well, they could be a lottery pick as a senior. So it, it's it's you know six one way, half another. I don't know if we we can solve all the issues with it, but I I would love to see kids stay longer in college, not just for uh, their basketball, but also for their maturity and for their experiences. And you know, as long as they don't get hurt. Uh, you know, the NBA will still be waiting for. Him. Uh, Chris, uh, as we as we wrap this up, as always, collegebasketballnews.com is the place to go for all your information. You've been doing this a long time, and I, I trust your judgment in all things NBA draft. I know you're on Twitter now as well.
1: Yeah, they can check that out, College BB News. Obviously, I'll be putting up a lot of stuff here in the next week as we get closer and closer to the draft. We'll also be doing a lot of AU recruiting and stuff like that, because to be honest, uh, one of the things I love doing is uh, seeing some of the high school players because a lot of those players, you know, whether it be you know, LeBron James or, you know, Dwight Howard, a lot of those players, to be honest, who are the top high school players, usually end up being the top pitch down the road. So it's kind of fun to see those players when they're younger and see the development they make uh, leading up to that next level.
0: Chris Bonzer of CollegeBasketballNews.com. Check him out for all your information heading up to the NBA draft. Sir, as always, my pleasure. Great. Talking to you as well. That's Chris Monter of collegebasketballnews.com. Check him out. I'm Tim Roy. And continue to keep it here at warriors.com for all your 2013 NBA draft coverage.